What's up, everybody? This is the Anime Squad Podcast, episode 35. My name is Robbie. And this is David. And unfortunately, uh, once again, Omar is not here uh, present in this week's episode of the Anime Squad Podcast. Uh, he'll be here uh, hopefully next week. Uh, we'll have the whole crew together. Um, but before we start, I also want to mention that we're going to be doing something a little different this week. Uh, we're going, instead of giving our usual uh, play-by-play style that we you guys are probably used to by now uh we're gonna be trying out a sort of a reaction style on uh what we think of the episode uh certain things that kind of like stuck out to us the most uh, you know etc and uh if you guys like our new style you know please be sure to leave a comment down below uh and then of course like always just be sure to like and subscribe uh if you guys like our content you know really helps us out and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get this uh, show on the road and to start things off. Uh, we're gonna be uh, going in with a little bit of a banger. Um, the final season of Attack on Titan episode one is finally out, and uh, yeah, we finally get to talk about this. I'm super excited. Um, first off, uh, I guess a little bit of background. I'm super. I'm all caught up with the uh, with the manga of Attack on Titan, and uh, David and Omar here. I've mainly just been keeping up with the manga, uh, the anime. Uh, they have no idea as to what the manga is like or anything like that, so they don't know anything regarding uh, regarding what happens if, from the story here on. And uh, you know, for starters, uh, David, I want to ask you, uh, what did you think of the uh, what did you think of the first episode? Confused. <laughs> it was a good confused though. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, kind of. Um, Leads you intrigued, leads you intrigued, leads you to kind of like think on like, you know, what's happening, huh? Yeah. For me, <laughs> I thought that were like, this was years already passed by. Yeah. For me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I feel like in real life too, because like Attack on Titan as a series has been around since like 2013. And for a lot of people, this has been like their first anime. So like getting to know that this is like the final season like really pulls things back together really and this first episode like really like i feel like really accentuates like like okay so first off aaron's now aaron all of them they're not here in this episode at all instead we got we got gabby we got falco we got colt we got entirely brand new characters you know with a couple of returning characters you know we got reiner and we got zeke mostly all the you know the couple of the bad guys Gee. um and yeah, like they, 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 I feel like they blew it out of the park. Like even though this, this, uh, this season in particular is being done by Studio Mappa and not Wit, I feel like we're gonna be in good hands because when we saw that, uh, that scene where Reiner transforms and he's in his armor Titan form, like I don't know, man. I, I felt like it kicked a lot of ass, like all around. Okay. That's how I saw it. Um. And then, like, again, Zeke, like, again, we, these are all bad guys, but, you know, Zeke doing his doing his own thing, fighting all the Eldians and stuff, it was, I don't know, it felt like it, it all pulled everything together. Uh, my favorite part of the episode in general was just, you know, I guess just seeing Reiner come back, again, just kind of seeing, like, familiar faces, you know, and such, you know, kind of give us uh, that updated look as to kind of how Reiner looks, and you can tell that man is like all destroyed <laughs> on the inside after everything he's been through which of course he's the bad guy but again i'm not gonna say anything else anymore after <laughs> this part because you know we have only gotten like a snippet of the few characters a, a few a little bit of an insight as to kind of like what uh, what's an offer 
Um, but all around, I feel like that this adaptation, this final season adaptation, is uh, really faithful, including the art style, which of course has gotten a little bit of a change and whatnot. I guess through the the episode, it, mostly it was like a D Day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It just huge, gave me the feel of a D-Day. Huge, huge D-Day like feel to it and everything like that. Absolutely. Like it was it was not looking good for the other guys, but hey, you know, like I said, we got a somewhat of a new cast of characters. Uh in a lot of ways, it doesn't feel like anything that we've seen from Attack on Titan up until this point. And uh yeah, I'm 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 just looking forward to see to seeing a lot of my favorite scenes come to life in anime form and uh i'm just uh, i'm just in it for the ride and kind of you know just waiting to see you guys <laughs> react to this yeah to to me in general it, it feels like a new anime yeah it's like if it's its own uh story for sure definitely and yeah um Anything else you want to add to the to this uh, episode? I think we pretty much said everything we needed to say, huh? So I guess uh, for first impression, I give it a hmm, a solid seven. Seven? Okay, seven. not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Uh, for me, um, like I said, it's super faithful to the adaptation that it's based off of. A- animation, I feel like, made a great transition. Uh, I'm gonna give it an uh, like an 8.5, honestly. Like, okay. I, I, I would have given it a nine, but again, I just kind of want to keep things kind of you know moderate, kind of uh, keep things reasonable for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll just uh, I'll just leave it at an 8.5 for now. Um, I'm again, I'm expecting a lot of great things. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping this delivers. Opening was uh, it was cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'd say so. I mean, it's different. It's it's very different. Um, uh, not exactly something I guess that we're used to from Attack on Titan because there's a lot of like you know Attack on Titan's openings are legendary. I feel. Um, so this one I feel like is gonna take a little bit to get used to, but I feel like it's uh it's got potential. You know, the song I I really like the song by the way. Yeah. Uh, I need to give it another listen, but yeah, it, it's it's pretty solid. Okay. Uh, now moving on, we're going to be moving to uh, Ruby, uh, Volume 8, Episode 5. And uh, yeah, there's a lot more happening in this episode. I feel like uh, the ball is finally rolling with the plot. Um, I wouldn't say a lot of good things are happening. Like This one is a little bit of a Debbie Downer kind of episode as well. Um <laughs> I mean, we get to see a lot of like, you know, a lot of villains kind of kind of have their own spotlight in a sense. Like Cinder, uh, Nepo- uh, Neapolitan, you know, kind of has their own uh, time to shine and everything. And, you know, Penny gets to fight back as well. Kind of gets to see how Penny gets to do her thing without having without having to rely on Team Ruby or anything like that. And it was, yeah, that, Mo- that fight was all around pretty fun, I'd say. Most of the episode was towards them, huh? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, you did see Ruby, like, in the end, but, um... But that was funny. That was funny. That was just a recording. Yeah, yeah, I was was surprised. I I didn't realize that it was a recording until, like, Ruby was, like looking into it i i honestly thought it was just a uh it was like a live thing which i at first i was thinking like oh, man this this wouldn't make sense if it was a live recording because like oh as soon as he pressed broadcast all oh, ruby automatically knew he was, he was like waiting all that time so <laughs> but i feel like regardless of like the fact that um ironwood and you know all of them are trying to 
oh, they're trying to reboot Penny so that way she doesn't, like, interfere with all that. It's like, I'm pretty sure the message went across. Like, there's not really much that they kind of lost out of that. So it's, you know, they, they got what they needed to do. I, I think they might uh, mind control her in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it was kind of hinted at from... Uh, well, this was last episode, right? No, 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 not last episode, but the episode before that, where uh, where Penny fought the um, the, the those um, the of the elites, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and where they where they where they uh, captured one of her swords. It was kind of hinted at that they were going to be doing something. They were going to tamper. They were going to tamper it and remotely, you know, mess around uh, with any circuits I thought, and stuff. For me, I thought they were going to tamper with the swords. Oh yeah, 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 with the technology. Yeah, yeah technology that, around her. That that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, like, yeah, when you when you play it that way, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like for me, I kind of figured that something like this was gonna happen, and you know, sure enough, it did. Um, I guess my question is, is that like, how do they even know that like she was involved in getting that broadcast to work? Because technically speaking, that wasn't the original intention. Like, the whole reason why Penny needed to push that whole like you know satellite in first place was because cinder messed it up because it was in orbit just fine but cinder like messed like pretty much melted off the steel beams and uh and all that so how did i don't know like regardless regardless though ironwood and them were able to shut off the broadcast and um again leaves us in a in a kind of bad place where penny is literally hurling you know uh crash landing face first into into the atmosphere you know burning up as you know process and uh yeah again things aren't looking too good penny won the fight oh yeah yeah yeah. by far yeah Yeah. that was a that was a clean cut victory that was my favorite part honestly was like like seeing well first off the action of course um but the fact that like she she was able to hold her own and also defeat cinder as well like you can definitely tell that uh cinder is um hasn't really been uh has definitely seen better days. <laughs> the funny thing is that uh, she's still not following the rules. No, not at all. Not at all. So I wonder yeah. what's going to happen now. Yeah, and then worse off is that, you know, on the part that we left off of, too, uh, you see a river of Grimm heading heading towards Atlas. Uh, so, yeah, all around, uh, not looking too great. <laughs> yeah. All right, and I guess moving on to our next anime, we're going to be talking about Onyx Equinox, episode 3. And oh my god, I need to talk about this right here. Okay, so I know this anime has been, or the show I guess, you know, has been getting a lot of flack in regards to its voice acting and everything. And personally, I didn't really notice it too much. In fact, if anything, I've noticed that the Volcano God, again, name on the screen, um, you know, who's voiced by Aaron Hansen, is actually really good at what he does. Because obviously Aaron Hansen's a really talented voice actor. But uh, this episode, uh, I can definitely see what people are talking about with the voice acting. In particular, okay, so there's one scene in particular in this episode where Azel uh, was yelling at his um, his guardian, I guess, his former guardian that was taking care of him and Nelly. And man, th- that line delivery, like I guess when he was yelling at his as father. Um, it didn't, it didn't pull off too well. Again, that was just him in that one line. But then we hear Zell's dad, and oh my goodness, it's the voice acting. It's just, it was really bad. 
like when he was talking with it with the Zell, like talking about how like he didn't mean to abandon Nelly and everything like that. We we even get a flashback, you know, referring back to what happened and everything. And of course, Azel brings up the fact that like, oh, you indirectly, you you caused Nelly to die because if you didn't abandon us, then she wouldn't have been chosen as a sacrifice and everything. You know, he's he's totally justified. But oh my God, when I was hearing that voice acting, it was it was it didn't really pull me out of it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh man, I can hear what people are talking about. To me, uh, he didn't affect me as much as uh, Azel in general. Yeah. I, I mean, feel like Azel needs to put a more... Oh, the voice. Yeah. The voice. yeah. I think it's worse because, like, in, yeah, I, I do agree. I think in your it, in that case, yes, it is worse because Azel's the main character. Like, yeah. this is just the, and, the father and, character. And there's some scenes where uh, I think the animation has more uh, pain. You know? Yes, yes, like yes, yes. When you see when you see the character itself on the screen, he looks more in pain. Yeah. And when it comes when the voice comes in, I don't feel the Yeah, like push. I feel like this kind of suffers the same problem that like Ruby season like one had. Where like, you know, the, these people the, the voice actors are still not used to, I guess, the uh, to like voice acting in general. So um for them to kind of properly convey like emotion and stuff like it still it doesn't really sit well or it doesn't settle well i feel like the voice actors are still trying to like kind of settle into their roles in order to kind of like get a good feel for like what their characters is um but uh, yeah like <laughs> away from the voice acting though and you know back to the actual episode itself um the plot is like it's kind of cool too kind of like regarding the setup for this episode because uh Yaudel, the guardian i guess the guardian panther wants Azel to go to the city to touch the ball and instead of him touching it it was actually uh the two other sons that uh, the dad i guess uh, ended up raising instead uh oh my goodness though these these two goofballs i i couldn't get into them this much I, either I, I hate the one of the twins <laughs> oh man. yeah yeah because okay so their whole gimmick is that like these are twins and one of them, they're, they're named Yoon and Ken. Um, don't ask me as to who's who first, because again, we barely got introduced to them. I don't, I, would, I barely re remember their names. But anyway, uh, one of them is kind of nice, and then one of them is kind of mean. And by kind of mean, I mean like, like it's, he's a douchebag. No, absolutely, but like for no reason really, because I know. like he he talks down to Azel as if like he's known. Like Azel. he known him for years. Yeah, or exactly, something. and like realistically no they they barely met for like that first day and then that was it and i i, I could picture maybe uh that's his tough way to say to people oh, yeah. and stuff maybe maybe because we got introduced to him too so oh, yeah absolutely and like yeah. but but the thing is is that like for me is just the, the what kind of takes me out of it for these two characters is the fact that like these two are ju were just um we're just like sportsmen basically they they play they play ball and then that's it um, that's like their to that's the like death. their main skill. But for some reason, like now, they're like, oh, we touched a legendary ball. We know everything that needs to, you know, that we need to do in in terms of combat. Um, I, I, no, I I think in general, like historically, or they know the stories. Yeah. Of it, so right. they know so they, about they, the story. They know they under I guess they understand in regards to like the demons and like how the how the gods of course work and everything yeah so i i think in in that regard it is fine um 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, all in all, it was it was a, it was a solid episode, I'd say. Like again, we we got to see Azel oh, do. It was crazy with the mutilating people. Oh, the two yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This the two guards. This uh, show, this show gets down and dirty with the violence. Oh, I forgot to oh. mention. <laughs> I forgot to mention this. This show throws in a couple of curse words just to show you guys how adult it is. Which I've no, I, I've not noticed in the first and second episodes i felt like they didn't have like i didn't have any curse words at all but this one actually throws in like a good three or four f-bombs you know for good measure just to make sure just to make sure we're clear that anime is not for kids <laughs> maybe because <laughs> of a different town <laughs> i guess so yeah so you know maybe maybe some sailors might be running their town who knows <laughs> um but regardless you know from where we left off now we got yoon and ken joining the party so and we at at the end i guess a teaser yes yeah yeah oh yeah they showed a they showed a girl uh in the end of this episode and yeah the i guess the thing i'm i'm hoping for the most is uh, two things one uh character development for yoon and ken so that way they feel more fleshed out and two is um the voice actors to feel more comfortable in their roles and for the and for the you know evidently just get it get better Hopefully, uh, yeah. All right. All right uh, now. We're we're keep. Uh, no wait. Oh yeah, we're keeping. Yeah yeah. Oh I guess yeah. We should probably mention this, this right now. We're keeping uh, Onyx Equinox. Yes. Uh, we don't have. Uh, we don't have Omar uh, with us, but, but I'm I think sure... he. I think so. Yeah, he's. Yeah. From the first episode we saw, he's um, you know, he's been on board. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of sad to say though that like we've seen. We've seen more episodes of Honest Equinox than he has at this point because he's only been, he's only been here with us for that one. But again, he'll catch up. So he'll catch up. He'll 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 be like he's with us. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> All right. All right. Now moving on. Uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, Fire Force season two, episode twenty three. Now this was a good episode. This was a solid episode. Yeah, I was worried uh, because last episode I thought that uh, we wouldn't really have any arcs to really follow anymore. Uh, but this one, this one says, you know what? We don't need a full-on arc. We can just, uh, we can go by with just being able to tell, uh, the, by, by first off being able to tell the backstory as to why Conroe could be able to, um, link up with Adela Link, as well as also, uh, give us more insight in regards to what actually happened when he fought that demon infernal. Yeah, that so, was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that whole thing. Though what got me, what got me interested in, in this, uh, in his backstory the most is is the concept of the uh, doppelganger, and, oh, like, yeah. the origin of yeah, exactly, and the origin of kind of like who that infernal was that he was fighting, because yeah, I I, I saw that I'm like, mm, that's really weird. Like, why is this infernal have like the exact same abilities as Conroe? That was really really interesting <laughs> I, I like the that the Havana followed uh, yeah Jira. yeah it, it gives us a, it gives us more uh, it gives us more screen time with Havana and it's kind of funny that like uh, the Shinra's like yeah you know why are you why are you following me you know you don't need to be in the here I'm like no nah, <laughs> no nah, she does she she's only she's barely even has she's barely even in this season so come on give her give her some let her be there. <laughs> she needs to soak in more to let us be more familiar with her. <laughs> I know. I, I know. Poor, poor show too, because show. Oh my goodness, he got he got done dirty. I I've, I've touched on it a little bit last last uh, last episode, but 
Shulk was done dirty in this in like in this season, like both figuratively and literally. <laughs> being turned into a puppet, not being allowed to kind of do your own thing just because of the fact that oh, you showed emotion for your brother and stuff. I mean, come on. Come on, let it fuel his rage if anything. I mean, he doesn't have to be a good guy, but at the very least let him like, you know, redeem his honor or something like that. Hey, you know? come man. On. He's controlled. Him... I get it. I get he's controlled, but come on. Just let him let him be angry or something, you know? It's Let the him, bad like, guys, the... though. I get it. Yeah, they got their own. They got their own stuff. I guess they got to take care of. So, um, but yeah, we, so we got Conroe's backstory, and then on top of that, uh, we also look more into uh, Tamaki's backstory as well. Which you know, I guess side little detail, we also get uh, Shinra and uh, Arthur training. Which, <laughs> okay, it's not really training. It's. <laughs> They're literally just trying to roast them alive, and they have to they have to toughen up from the fire. Yeah, I have a feeling he's training them in it a is way. A tra- it is training, but it's just it's, it's it's mostly played for laughs, if anything. It's just <laughs> it's just funny seeing them like kind of like in a rotisserie kind of style. I had and a feeling. I thought about uh, I thought it was like uh, you know, the previous arc where they had to take the fire in. Yeah. To withstand withstand the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I got from uh, Yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, it could be. It could be that. Um, but like I said, that's not that's not important. You know, the anime is... Um, oh, yeah. The, this episode was very clear that, like, okay, that's not important. Episode. The, the important thing is Tamaki. Tamaki, yeah. It's all about her... It's all about her... Um, like so why why she's uh, why she's part of the fire force why she was interested in becoming a sister and it just so happens that like she um, it was kind of normal yeah <laughs> it was literally a normal thing yeah she she became a third generation um she i think the only thing that like kind of got to her was the fact that like oh i'm i got my lecture lure or something you know kind of because she always has that kind of tendency to oh I, oh my goodness my my boobs are in your face oh no <laughs> the but, tripping yeah the tripping and all that stuff and her clothes flying off so obviously the other girls are jealous they're like oh why do you even wear pigtails in the first place in middle school of all things and she's like oh because i feel like because it's like a like floppy ears like a cute animal i'm just like oh, my oh God, that was adorable, adorable. <laughs> that was cute yeah and then but I'm glad with everything being said, she was able to, um, she was able to go full out because the whole the whole thing regarding as to why that happened is the fact that uh, she was she's uh, she she did the same thing that Shinra was doing. She's running away from the two uh, from the two twins uh, that uh, that's under the Asakusa uh, Asakasa um, squadron, and uh, Benny Mara's like, okay, you two go after uh, tamaki chase her down that, that was funny. yeah <laughs> i had a feeling i had a feeling that uh benimaro did that even though uh he didn't technically train her yeah he was there in the back oh yeah yeah i mean come on he's He's a, he's he's Benny Maru. He, he, he <laughs> oh after that what he did, yeah, yeah after what he did with uh, with Joker. Oh my goodness, like that was a ragtag. That was a perfect team up combo right there. Um, he felt like one of those uh, martial art uh, masters. Yeah, like those martial arts like masters like badasses and stuff. Yeah, yeah dude. Oh my goodness, he was amazing. Um, but yeah, all around Benny Maru was able to keep tabs, and then you and then oh, we also got to see Tamaki like go full force. So. 
that was really cool because like I said I've said this before that like you know Tamaki it <laughs> the felt like she one. wasn't really no she said she said she was the weak one yeah she she even admitted that she couldn't pull her weight when she when everybody needed her which is why Hajiki had to die and uh, and Juggernaut is, is you know, crippled basically yeah so yeah Tamaki was able to step up to the plate and unlock I, I, her next ability I like the uh, fact she said uh, oh this is not just to feel sorry or for me or yeah. anything yeah, 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 yeah. i want to just train to get better she just wants to get better so she can be able to uh so she be able to save more lives yeah that's very noble yeah oh but we also got to see more Rekka though right <laughs> oh god man for a dead guy this guy is getting a lot of more appearances than we thought huh <laughs> hey man that were part of his life I guess so. Yeah, Rekka had a huge influence on a lot of people. Whether yes, he did. People liked it or not. He's a, he's a big star. He's a big. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, all around, it was a solid episode. It was uh, it was pretty good. My favorite, of course, being of course Tamaki and Conroe's uh, backstory. I feel like those two in particular, like, needed more, uh, you know, fleshing out. Tamaki in, uh, in particular, way more. So that was really nice to see. All right, now moving on, we're going to be going to Adachi to Shimamura, episode 9. Oh man, I can't wait to try out this new format with this uh, with this anime cuz now we gonna we can actually be able to dissect it more uh, dissect it more in ways that I feel like feels more appropriate with the show rather than the uh, more more you you more more emotion towards you than her. Exactly, yes. What do yes. you think? Yeah. Um so in regards to what we think, yes. Um I just think that like Adachi, it, it's, I, I can, I, I feel like the more we see this, like the more idea that we can get between Adachi and Shimamura's relationship, uh, because like, again, like there's not a lot of like material. Yes, exactly. There's not a lot of material that goes on in regards to events that happen, but more so uh, the emotional weight that kind of carries over from each episode to each episode. Like you can definitely see how Shimamura kind of carries herself in regards to her her personality and kind of like her confidence and compared to uh, Adachi who's uh, not as confident but she you can definitely she's more aware of her feelings for uh, Shimamura than Shimamura might even be yeah we see it the most yes exactly and like I feel like the the daydreams that we see with with Adachi have been uh ever so increasing especially with this episode with especially when she was talking about like how she wanted to be uh shimamura's like puppy or like no 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 she didn't want to be but she kind of felt like she was because shimamura uh talking to her as if she was like a puppy basically and so she kind of imagined herself like that i'm like okay that's that, uh, that was kind of weird that was kind of an interesting way of uh seeing your situation but you know whatever <laughs> as a friend as, Man, as uh, a friend yes as that a, is the most important wh thing what is that term man's best friend yes exactly or i guess <laughs> in this case woman's best friend yes <laughs> Yeah, and then um, and it's kind of okay. And the, the another thing that I like about this episode was kind of how they handled uh, the Tarumi, um, the 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 Tarumi uh, hangout that Shimamura had. Um, instead of it showing outright as to kind of how they hung out, um, they do it in segments in a way. So at first they sh they kind of show um, them hanging out, and then they first get to hanging out, and then uh, they and then at pretty much while. Adachi and Shimamura were hanging out during uh, Valentine's Day. They cut to what happened the day before 
and oh my god, it was so awkward. <laughs> Shimomura hanging out with Tarumi was like, oh my god, it was. It felt so cringe-inducing because like, it was like every single like thing not to do when hanging out with a friend, but at the same time, it's like it feels very realistic. You know what I mean? Like when you when you see a friend that you haven't seen and like in like a good like a good decade or you know whatever you you know you typically don't know how they how they are as people yeah. and so this for, really captures that for me i think uh they didn't know what to do yeah in general yeah for me uh, Shin, uh shinomura you know how she has hard times with her feelings sometimes yes 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 so that's why we didn't even see her come out at all no, not at all. So most of the time they would be looking away or, you know, they'll say something, but it would be like a small comment and that's it. And I'm like, damn, uh, they're not open, both of them, at least mm -hmm. until uh, until the very end of that scene where she finally opens up her her feelings in general. Right. Exactly. It, it feels um, like it feels really real. And I think what kind of uh, drives this to work more is the fact that a couple episodes ago when we see uh, I, this is something that I noticed. But a couple episodes ago when when we first get introduced to Tarumi, uh, Shimomura actually remembers uh, uh, Tarumi, uh, but it's actually kind of hazy. Like you see their you see their kind of uh, you see them kind of hang out when they were in elementary school but it's kind of hazy you don't really see their faces all that well at first i was thinking oh maybe this is just to kind of show us more details later but now i'm thinking about it i think that might just be how shimamura was remembering uh how she used to hang out with her with her friend that she remembers her but she doesn't remember the details all that much well yeah that's what i was that's I, what I, I thought i don't think you're gonna remember your elementary school no. friends you know People change tend to growing up, you know, mm -hmm. in general. So that's why. Right. No, yeah, absolutely. Because, like, you know, it's especially it's especially more awkward when, like, someone remembers you, like, really, really well. But the other person doesn't remember you all that well, especially if it's like, you know, if, if it's like me, for instance, you know, where it's like somebody remembers me really well. It's like, hey, you know, Robbie, I remember but, you. But like, but you're not the same person. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then that, too. Yeah. Because people change all the time, especially when you go from childhood to adulthood. You know, you're you don't. <laughs> it's not always a surefire kind of like easy answer if you're going to be like the same person that you were when you were a kid. Yeah. There's a, a lot of different ifs and buts and a lot of different factors in general. So that's basically what, what all of that combined was basically what was going on with Shimomura. And none of that was more evident than when Tarumi was asking Shimomura, uh, what, like, hey, Shimomura, hey, Shima-chan, do you remember what you used to call me? And Shimomura was like, nope, I don't remember a thing as to what I called you. <laughs> that was oh that was that hurt <laughs> that hurt a lot and then like right before they were like you know, just saying goodbye it's like oh man this ooh, ooh, this was that was painful that was painful to watch but then she uh 
She finally said it. She finally said it. She she remembered. She it's funny too because you even like get to see her like thinking face. She's like, oh, she's really trying, she's really trying her best. And then that's when she remembered. Taru. That's when she called her out and was like, ah, oh, yay, you remembered. Um, but what made this trip even more um, important was kind of what it was kind of cool is what was what it leads to into in regards to her hanging out with Adachi and that like when they were when they were hanging out when her and Tarumi were hanging out in in Nagoya uh, they noticed a little banner that kind of shows oh this is all the uh, all the people in love that get to show off kind of you know the, their greetings and stuff for Valentine's for Valentine's Day and she was like yeah I can I can do that and that's what she did that's why she brought uh, that's why her and Adachi go to Nagoya check out that banner and then boom <laughs> best like, friends best friends forever yay <laughs> and for Shinamura Jesus and Adachi's like ah why <laughs> yeah I know like Adachi it was it was kind of like a roller coaster of emotion she's like I don't know if I want to do this it's like I mean, like, I don't know if I should be happy or if I should be sad. I mean, she is a really close friend of mine, but, like, <sighs> she wants know. more. But, but in the end, she kind of learned a, a, a little, a little, a little thing from, uh, from good old Tamaki from Fire Force. And that's the power of tripping, baby. <laughs> Jeez. She tripped and she got the type of hug that she wanted. <laughs> she got the she got the bosom hug. <laughs> it looked painful. When you it speak. did look painful, but you know what? It, she she still got what she wanted. Jeez. She got her Valentine's Day present. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but yeah, it was it was all around a it was all around a wholesome wholesome episode. Yeah. All right, now we move on to the next anime we're going to be wanting to talk about, Majo no Tabi Tabi, episode 10. Uh, and this one is entirely a Fran and Sheila episode. And mom. And, yeah, and uh, and uh, Elena's mom, uh, surprisingly. No, okay, so I have a question with that. Did they actually hard confirm? Because, okay, I... I okay, we we know that this is her mom with the hair and the face and everything. Did they for sure hard confirm that it was the mom though? Uh, no. Okay, yeah. But it, it's kind of obvious. It is obvious, yeah. absolutely obvious. Especially it's like towards the end of the episode where they they showed the house. Yeah. Like that, that was completely obvious. Yeah. But I was just They're, wondering. I, I don't. I don't think they're gonna even give her her name. No. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, she's just sense, you're right, you're right. Uh, she's just Elena's mom. Elena, the teacher. Or I guess or, in this case the teacher, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and speaking of which, like this was uh this was a cool all around cool episode to see, like between Fran and Sheila, just kind of uh, seeing how they how they get her story and just yeah, just their backstories in general. I do wanna say that I like I want to say that compared to side by side comparison to when they were young, uh, Fran looks a lot different, but Sheila not so much. <laughs> like to me, I feel like Sheila, and, and that's fine. You know, people people can change physically. You know, depending you know, depending on the person, but I feel like Sheila is just kind of like you just kind of size her down a little, and just give her a cigarette instead of that uh, instead of that pipe, and then there you <laughs> go, you get Sheila. But Fran looks a lot different, though. Fran, in my opinion, looks closer. And I don't, I'm not. I'm pretty sure this is intentional. 
But Fran, in my opinion, looks closer to Elena, how she used to look, than she does, like, nah. Fran. No? Nah. I feel like, I, I kind of feel like it is. Maybe I, I need to see her design again. But uh, I feel like, I, I do feel kind of like a little bit of, um, a little bit of um, sort of, um, what's the word? Uh, like essence in a sense. Hmm. If that makes sense. But to me, they're uh, they're just, I guess, they look just young. The younger versions of her, of them, if anything. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah. The episode itself is enjoyable. I liked it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We get, no, to, know, absolutely. We get to know their backstories from both. <laughs> Sheila was pretty much Aladdin. <laughs> she was a thief. Yeah, 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 yeah. She she actually so it's kinda of funny, so the way they formatted it was it was kinda of like a flashback when in the flashback. So she actually got to see her when she was even younger and she got to use her powers in order to uh, in order to steal like uh, in order to steal coins and stuff like that and everything. Just to just to make ends meet and everything. She called herself what's a, a straight cat. Um, but Fran was even more like simple. She's like, Oh, there's no mages from where I'm from, so I just wanna be the first one. <laughs> so that way I could I could have stuff to do when I back it back home. <laughs> yeah, that was the most. We didn't get no flashback of no, that. No, we didn't need to. <laughs> we didn't need to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and even like the even the main premise of the episode was uh, pretty was pretty standard. Like it was it was great mainly because of mainly because you get to see Fran and Sheila interact with each other. Them like hating each other at first. Oh yeah, and then mom of course. Um, them hating each other at first, you know, mom trying to get them to get along and everything, even though they were so, uh, similar in terms of, you know, in terms of, uh, their abilities and stuff. Damn. They're, they're similar in terms of their abilities, but not in terms of their personality. I, I wonder how powerful the mom is. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's definitely something to kind of, uh, look into to for yeah, sure. Cause, Cause you know, the both teachers are like pretty powerful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So yeah, that's that's what got me thinking. I'm like, damn, these girls are tough. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, and uh, two apprentices, not even one, no, two. Yeah, I I didn't even know. I I honestly thought that like you know when it comes to taking an apprentice, you have to only take one. But if you want to start a school, then you can be able to take like you know multiple students and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I guess yeah, I guess in this world you can take two, two no problem. <laughs> but for her. It was funny too when she uh, worded the, the 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 mission or the reward thingy, because uh-huh. she made it look like it's gonna be her, but no, it was t- the two of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the... I kind of saw that. I I, I kind of figured that it was going to be written more more related to Fran and Sheila because like again, they're not getting along. She wants to make sure that they do and. I mean, it was kind of extreme, though, because she did say that, like, okay, if you don't pass this mission, you're being expelled. <laughs> I thought that was kind of extreme, but... I thought it was I mean, funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's funny, but like I said, it's, it's extreme. <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay, you do this, you're out. You don't do this, you're out. Hey, man, she's strict. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, she's caring, but she's also very strict. You know, she, she knows how to get the job done. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why uh, she put her faith on both of them. Yeah, and it, I mean, hey, it, it worked out. Obviously, you know, they're still they're still in the business. <laughs> and it's funny how they got named. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The way they got named after they passed and they became like legit uh, witches. 
uh, Fran was named to the Stardust Witch, uh, while uh, Sheila was named into the Night Witch. And the reason why is because uh, their hair, it's its based off of their hair color, but actually the opposite. Because even though Sheila has uh, bright blonde hair and uh, Fran has dark black hair, um, they could have easily just been named their respective color. But, uh, but uh, Elena's mom intentionally switched around their, their hair color you know, scheme names and stuff because she thought it was fun. And it's just more so to remind them of each other. And I thought that was... Uh, that was really that was really sweet <laughs> and they're still friends yeah and they're still friends to this day they were going out to, for a vacation and um and then, you know she'll have to go back but yeah <laughs> yeah all around great and we did get to see elena for a little bit there but you know regardless of that i feel like them having their own episode was was still fine it was, still, it was still it was still great for for side characters that was pretty cool absolutely yeah and hey more friends so hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, now moving on, we finally get a new episode for Sigururi, episode 9. After last week's recap episode, we get a continuation of uh, the events to come. And um, it was was pretty solid. Uh, I would say it wasn't as enjoyable as as Maja no Tabi Tabi, but it doesn't need to be. It was kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, it was it was still kind of sad. Um, I mean, I feel like with this anime, I mean, especially lately, it's just been it's just been one sad thing after another. So this one, this one, I think the the biggest takeaway from this is that it was it had its happy moment. You had you had Sonoka absolutely in a wreck. This is her lowest point, I think, by far. Yeah. And then have her having her come back, I feel like is something that like we the audience really needed to kind of keep this going. And it, I feel like it worked. I think for what it was, it worked. But I feel like the real sad part was I think was what came from uh was what came from Azazu and Claudia and uh, and uh, their entourage that soldier when they went to Asgard. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of sad. Like uh, one of the one of the dudes he got uh, he 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 got I, cut I, real bad. We didn't know the character at all. No, but I was still no. sad for the guy. Yeah, cause like he he could have easily just been like, no, we gotta we gotta retreat. But the dude was like manned up. He's like, no, it's, this is the end for me, and I'm going to do whatever yeah. I can. I'm pretty to. shot up at this point. Yeah. I'm pretty shot up, so I'm gonna do what I can to uh, to get these bastards, you know, up and running. Blow, blow them to kingdom come. Uh, but yeah, he blew himself up, and uh, I, it kind of was kind of sad that he didn't really get much fanfare at all. <laughs> like, like, and not fanfare, but like more so that like he didn't, he wasn't like remembered at all. Like, I was kind of, I, I get it that like you know the Valkyries are obviously like the top the top dogs when it comes to like. You know, when it comes to soldier, you know, the, the, the force of like, you know, of your army and stuff. I, I wish, but, I wish the soldier, some of these soldiers had care, uh, more character. Yeah. Cause I, I, I get where the anime is going. It's supposed to give you more importance on the Valkyries themselves, but come on. I feel like you, if you want to have a whole, you, you gotta have every, every piece needs to be present, you know? And I feel like the same definitely goes for for the soldiers too like they 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 put in a lot of work themselves and when 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 they do something as selfless as like a self-sacrifice in order to kind of let everybody else you know continue on i feel like they deserve a little bit of fanfare just like in episode three when the 
when that when that pilot was uh when that pilot was uh, was wounded in action and he and he passed away at the hospital like he was you know i feel like he got a lot more honor than you know i don't know it was just kind of stuck to me regardless though i mean like all around this the, the anime definitely did get the ball rolling in terms of uh in terms of going um being more uplifting for sure and also dark too because apparently the pillars react to uh life and not just any life oh, uh, yeah. young children babies and just weak human energy in general and the pillars the thing that they love the most when it comes to weak human energy is baby energy because when they see when they find out that a baby's being born or like a baby's just about born or anything like that that's when they want to that's what they want to strike because they hate humanity and what's the easiest way to eliminating humanity just eliminate all the kids <laughs> messed up psychology but i mean it's it works <laughs> i guess yeah I mean, I guess it explains why, uh, why, why these pillars attack. You know, why these pillars attacks when they do, as well as kind of the origin behind it. Because you know, thankfully, the whole, the whole trip to uh, at Valhalla wasn't uh, wasn't entirely in vain, and yeah. they were able to find out that uh, according to Norse mythology, Ragnarok, which is uh, the event of when the world is uh, is ending. engulfed in flames and ending, it kind of already happened already. Uh, however, Odin uh, thinks that it's going to happen rather than it already have happened. Because why? Because Norse mythology itself has been forgotten. Oh no, what shall we do? So I guess this kind of established that Odin is a bad guy, which I don't know. I feel like from the first episode, that was kind of obvious. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't exactly a good guy. In fact, I was kind of surprised that he was like with the good guys when when uh, him and Claudia were talking. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought Odin was a bad guy, but I guess he wasn't. But hey, big reveal, right? <laughs> oh no, the giant was actually Thor. Oh, Thor and Odin were together. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all around, it was a it was an episode that again was for the most part somber, but it kind of took a more uplifting kind of tone so that was yeah. pretty solid yeah all right next time we're going to be talking about is i'm standing on a million lives and oh boy okay so where to begin with this one if sigururi wasn't as i guess entertaining as majin otami tabi this one definitely is a nosedive in comparison to sigururi because this one was boring this one was very boring this episode basically has a lot of the problems that we had with previous uh, not yeah. so great episodes of this I anime think, where i think this uh show in general falls down whenever flashbacks come in yes oh my goodness the flashbacks it's it's okay so i want to establish that it's good to have flashbacks when it's when it's establishing something that we haven't seen before in fire force's case it's uh, flashbacks of Conroe and Tamaki, information that we haven't seen before. Um, you know, and, and the, with this, it's this is just stuff that we've seen before. Uh, they show Eu's backstory, and it shows uh, Eu's flashbacks, and it shows her senpai again. Okay, this is like the fourth time we've seen this. Okay, uh, Kusue's backstory, where she wants to be stronger, and you know, she tries to save that kid. Probably the fifth time we've seen this. 
um, the Jotsia with the bear. Like, it's, it's all stuff that we've seen before. Like, it would have been nice if they used this opportunity to flesh out Yuka more. Because all we know about Yuka is that she's super into Eroge. And that's it mainly. That's oh, I guess she, she was bullied uh, from when they were in the, when, when they were in the real world, and uh, that's that's about it. Yep, that's all we know about Yuka. So for me, for the for me in this episode was boring because I think pretty much their whole goal was just to make it uh, to the to mass make it to a certain point. Yeah, there. That was it. Yeah, there. Okay, that so that whole episode. Yeah, was because just that. the last episode established that there were two goals that you need to that the team needed to perform in order for them to advance uh, to the next mission. One was that they needed to uh, complete a task or a kingdom, not anything specific, but just to do it, and they did last episode. So this one has to establish that you just have to explore five percent of the whole train. That's it, just five percent. However, they were only up to like four point, like four yeah, percent or something they, like that. They were, they were really they were close. On the tip. They were at the tip, and yeah. they just needed to just cover more ground. So since since I guess snow came. Yes. Um, they were completely lost. Yeah. So so they needed to cover more ground, and their best course of option was to split up in order to cover more ground, which makes sense. The thing that they didn't account for was the fact that it was uh, on the onset of a snow blizzard. How much of this is a coincidence? The main characters are questioning it, which is actually, you know, pretty... It was actually pretty smart, honestly. Like, if it's actually God trying to test uh, the, the faith of, like... Oh, not faith, but, like, test the warrior's skills, then I, I, that makes a lot of sense. I like the... That the main character himself, he, uh... He doesn't question it. He's like, oh, this no, is... He... This is a game. When he fights the... The, the, the Sas- Yeti? The Yeti, yeah. yeah. When he fights the Yeti, he um, he notices. Uh, I guess when he defeats the Yeti, uh, he notices that the Yeti had kids. I guess that needed to be fed, and uh, the Yeti mainly attacked Yotsia in defense, in defense and then mostly yeah. because of the fact that he he would like he, he, they they were gonna starve to death if otherwise, and he killed them, or he killed her. And he well, he didn't know. He didn't know. Until, yeah, he didn't know. The very end. But like, but I guess his reaction to it was obviously that like, oh, these kids, uh, they don't have what it takes to survive. They're, uh, they're, uh, was it? Was he say? Oh yeah, this is a virtual world. You know, this doesn't matter. Yeah. So it, it kind of, you know, he he's thinking rationally, but at the same time, the scene itself is kind of played off as kind of something more uh, more edge lordy ish no, again. He he's just an asshole. It, that's what it, I mean. It comes to that, yeah. I that that's what I mean. Like it, it, it that's how it that's how it plays off. Cause you know, in terms of how he responded to it, cause he also had that kind of grin, which was kind of weird. Like he kind of played it off as kind of like, oh man, I'm like, I'm like I, I edge, didn't, edge. I didn't see it like. That. I saw it like that. Oh, it, it, I saw. You it like brought that. it up for you. I yeah, for, for, for myself. Yeah, no, no, no. For my yeah. point of view, I I saw it like that because. Uh, when he left those kids behind, like he he kind of talked as if it was like, cause he didn't need to say anything. He could have just walked away and just kind of did, did whatever, you know. I don't think I don't think I, I mean for me personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't have cared. But the fact that he brought that up, he's like, oh yeah, they're gonna starve. There's nothing. Uh, he didn't say that, and it was kind of like, oh, you know, they're gonna starve. The way he said it, I, I feel like it kind of made it sort of sound more edge lordy. Um, but it was just kind of a little bit compared to the other stuff before. Uh, but yeah, but everybody else kind of falls. Um, they're they're 
they're, they fall because of hyperthermia and everything. So not looking too great. And unfortunately, at the end of the episode, Yotsia also perishes as well. So we get that cliffhanger. Everybody dies and the game is over. Even though we have um, uh, two more episodes left of the show. So <laughs> are no. they actually dead? Why? I don't want to hear. Oh, no. <laughs> but I mean, you know, again, it's it's left on a cliffhanger. But hey, the ending was cool, though. They, we got to see the uh, the voice actors for you uh, play in the snow, and she looked super adorable doing uh, the, it. The, the ending. Yeah, the ending, yeah. Yeah, we had a different ending. We had a different ending, yeah. And uh, where she was, uh, where the voice actors for you was, was, you know, obviously singing the cover, uh, singing the song, and she was also playing in the snow. So that was... Uh, it was adorable. Adorable way to end that episode. All right, moving on. We're going to be talking about The Day I Became a God, episode 9. And now, oh boy, with this episode, we can definitely see the uh, the team's experience working on Angel Beats and uh, uh, Charlotte. Because, uh, yeah, this one was the one that kind of tugged at our, our heartstrings. Mine in particular. Uh, I was... I was devastated uh, by the end of the episode because of just how much they they build up to it, and, and to be honest, I was kind of I was kind of preparing myself all around of sort of kind of when it was gonna happen. But oh my goodness, the the, the, the tempo, the beats, the, 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 the soundtrack, and the characters like it uh, it uh, really you, it really got to me. Do you remember the name of the hacker? Uh, yes, his name was uh, Hiroto. Hiroto Suzuki, I yeah. believe, yes. His story uh, was sad. It was really sad, yeah. Though when he... And it was kind of cool. It was kind of uh, interesting, too, because when I remember when they when they first introduced him, I thought he was going to be uh, basically this cocky kind of, like... Uh, not really a bad guy, but just kind of like a, kind of like a cocky kind of brat character, like a rival, sort of. Um, like... like- I think we said previous, uh, no, uh, while back on one of our podcasts, we thought he was Loki. Yeah, we thought it was Loki, but now... And then Odin, but now that... Everything's more fleshed out. Yeah, everything everything got fleshed out. Everything is super fleshed out, so we know exactly what everything, what the whole deal is. And And now especially with this episode. Oh, yes, yes, we know everything now. Yeah. We find out that Hina is uh, actually, uh, actually, well, we know about her logo syndrome, and but now we get to figure out why she's She's still alive. Why she's still alive, and then why she's basically normal now. And the reason why is because they have a super, like, powerful microprocessor that's implanted into her body. Uh, which not only gives her, like, you know, full, full health again. Uh, but also, I think pretty much lets her uh, lets her uh, see into the future, basically. Like she has she has future sight and future insight as well. So the the company's trying to, the higher ups of the company wanna take the, that yeah, trip. The company, yeah, exactly. The company that hired uh, that basically hired uh, Hiroto to to basically try and and uncover this in the first place. Uh, they basically said, okay, you did your job. You're good now. You don't got to do anything else. We're going to take over. And he's like, wait a minute. You're not thinking of taking, of taking her away to just to, just to take the chip away. She's going to die if you do. Yeah. But they don't care. We, 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 we started seeing, uh, changes to him in general. 
even though even though he's never met our characters yet like at all um he's gone through a lot of development in this episode than yeah. anything so it was his his parents his, uh, his bosses need, his need for validation i think was kind of what got to me the most because like they showed the scene of him trying to trying to get that piece of information as to what Hina was actually about like he kept mentioning that like they're going to throw me away they're going to throw me away i need to be useful to somebody yeah like that was like you can definitely tell that that was he he, he wanted he wanted to hear if he was oh yeah he, he, oh man thanks mm-hmm. or good job man or you know yeah you did well validation or... was all he really needed like he didn't he wasn't looking for anything else and that that was in a way in its own way that was really sad to, to a then, point where he was going mad exactly yeah it was it was just heartbreaking to see but then again like the most heartbreaking thing was of course towards the end yeah Nina, uh, the the hacker dude Mm-hmm. He gets locked up, but he still has his gloves. Yeah, so, so he then was able he to. He was able to send a message over to Hina exactly what's going on, but unfortunately, it's I don't too think late. she says that. I think he says it through yeah, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's. I mean, you, yeah. you said it. You said it yourself. He said yeah. he sent a message. So yeah. she she pretty much reads that message out loud since you know she has the computer in her system. Uh, she reads the message out loud basically so like okay this is basically the end and the end of the world doesn't signify the end of our world does and the end of my world which is something that we did predict yeah last episode that like maybe the end of the world doesn't mean the world itself but more so with her maybe it's involving her oh, and then uh, our main protagonist man ah yota ah so the crew uh, tries like, to the world the world's gonna end not gonna end right yeah and then she she says she she figures out as to why she why she knows the world is gonna end is because she can't see anything past that date and that date you know pretty much means that that's when the chip is going to be removed and she's going to inevitably die and it's it's sad it's it was really it, it, it that, tore me up when that, i saw that that the the voice actor pushed them oh yes absolutely both hina both uh, Yota, then Yo- all Yota. Them. Oh, oh my goodness! That, that towards the end, yeah. yeah. When the suits when the suits grabbed onto him and they took her away. Oh my goodness! It, it tore me up. And this is where the episode ends. But um, I was, I'll be honest. I was, I was contemplating on like just thinking, like, you know what? This, this anime maybe this might not be right for the podcast because i was just like just torn up but you know what we got three more episodes left it's good um, man we get a show our opinion of the yes show, yeah you know? and then the fact that we changed up the format like i feel like this works out the best yeah i mean i'm i'm honestly i can't wait and hey once Omar gets back, you know we're gonna get more. We're gonna get more input for this, for these shows in particular, for sure. So yeah, cannot wait for that. All right, now moving on to the next anime, we're gonna be talking about uh, Taiso Samurai episode nine. This well, okay, well, while Dan became a god was a super Debbie Downer. This one was like. Uh, like moderate it, level moderate it was, level it was still up there man. it was still up there and like a lot of it has to do with when they talked about jotaro's Jotaro, uh, backstory man. so Ooh. 
and it's funny too because this this episode was is pretty much a leo centric episode and a lot of it has to do with leo's insecurities i, I, I like the fact that jotaro uh comes in more often now yes it was more about him training. Him but now, training, him trying but now, to be the best, yeah. But now he's realizing, like, he's opening up to, mm -hmm. like, everyone around him. Yes. You know? He's fine. Yeah, he's, he's been changing now. Exactly. He's been changing for the better. And thankfully, a lot of that change is being rubbed off on, on a, lot of his, a lot of his other, you know, friends and family. And this one in particular is uh, the person that needs it the most is Leo. Leo, and he noticed it too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, Leo. He felt him uncomfortable, and he. Because uh, we get to see a backstory of what happened five years ago, and back in '97, when uh, Jotaro was at uh, was at a meet, and uh, Leo just happened to be at the be at the stands, just kind of sitting down, seeing the seeing the action, and yeah, he that, noticed Jotaro's that, that energy. That was pretty cool. Yeah. We get to know uh, why he knows him. Yeah. You know? We get to see Jotaro's energy being put forth. Uh, Jotaro that that day in particular had so many like important events like it's insane like first off we get to see the triple flip that Jotaro uh, basically Tried. had to perfect no he had or, to perfect to, yeah. in order to in order to get the official name down and call it the Ara Aragaki and he does it but as soon as the second round comes in he finds he finds news or he hears news that his wife has gotten into a into a fatal accident, and that she's in a, she's oh, in critical damn. condition. And um, what does Jotaro do? He decides not to go back to Japan. He decides, nope, I'm gonna stay around for the competition. Yeah, th this time he was. This was this was this was old back then. This was competitive Jotaro. This was Jotaro that was basically like Tetsuo at the time, where he needed to be number one. Yeah, he didn't care what happened in the moment. Mm -mm, not but at then, all. what happened during the moment? The shoulder injury. The shoulder injury. The shoulder From the beginning injury, of the episode. The shoulder injury. Scene. Exactly. The the beginning of this episode that we saw where where Jotaro does his flip, but you don't really see the landing happen. That's the reason why is because he slipped. Because he, he was thinking his, of uh, his, his wife. wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's thinking of his wife and. Uh, I hurt his shoulder, and since then, that's been the reason why he's been uh, having, it, he's been doted on for going into having to go to retirement. And it, and it was upsetting too. Oh yeah. Once he got home and all that, he was really down. Yeah. Oh yes. At that moment. Watching old videos of his wife and uh, seeing it just devastated him. Like seeing him he, in this episode was just like heartbreaking. And again, the backstory anyway. Yeah. Because now in the in the current in the present day, it's as if Leo is basically doing the same thing, but he's basically running away from his destiny or he's running away from his passion. Yeah. To, because to me, he's uh, he's Mr. Perfect. He's Mr. Perfect. He can't do anything wrong, and everybody in the competition, everybody in the ballet scene, uh, knows of him and how he's a genius and everything. So he has so much expectations to meet. And At the same time, a lot of jealousy and a lot of people like trying to put him down. And so that fear kind of comes to see if he could be able to live up to the plate or not. Yeah, and I, I guess for me, I feel like he has just fear of failing yes. in general, because he's he saw that. Uh, uh, Jotaro mm -hmm. had a miss like a little accident. Yes. And he's like, "Hey man, you shouldn't compete." And I was like, 
okay, now I see it. Yeah. Now I see even more why the reason uh, Mr. Ninja. Yeah. Uh, why is... why he became yeah why he became why he got into the ninja business and in, in the first place and uh, why he quit ballet and um, unfortunately the, that speech in regarding oh damn that got me that speech that Jotaro gave in regards to why he wants to still because he sprained his in this in this episode he sprained his he sprained his ankle trying to save an owl. That was a, I guess, a super famous owl on When TV. he twisted, I was like, ah, oh. yeah. I felt it. Yeah, and he twisted it, but like he says, hey, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna go. I'm still gonna oh, give it it my my go for this. In, uh, in general, movie. athletes have these kind of accidents, but they they could uh, uh, tie it up a bit. Yeah. And stuff. It's not a big deal. Exactly, and to, so that's that. And hey, and as long as his coach just, you know says it's fine, I mean, I feel like if it's fine, it's fine. But unfortunately, Leo was a bit more, bit more overprotective with this one, and uh, he, just, he just kind of went on, just says, "No, yeah. you should just stop." And Jotaro gave his speech. And that, and that was most of it. Yeah, that was it, pretty much. I mean, he, he runs, uh, Leo runs away from home, and hopefully, in the next episode, we get to see him fight his demons. But yeah, that backstory though, that was definitely the highlight right there for me. Oh, yeah. That was, oof. and and his speech. And the speech too. So. Hopefully things will turn out well. And yeah. uh, moving on, we're going to be talking about Talentless Nana, episode 10. And uh, this one, this one was also kind of more of a, not laid back episode, but more of a, more of an info dump kind of episode where we get to see more of a finally. Nana's backstory. Yeah, finally. finally we get to see more, more We get more of, story. More story of who Nana was as a person, kind of why she operates as kind of like this, this uh, emotionless kind of killing machine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can kind of see why uh, her dehumanizing these uh, talent talented people uh, is kind of easy for her because um, yeah, her parents were murdered um, one morning when she woke up, uh, and and the the perpetrator were talented people. So yeah, so since then uh, she did not exactly think of talented people too highly. And because of that, uh, she's basically been on this uh, on this trade, uh, being sent over to this island just to kill every every talented in the island, and just get the job done. That that guy's uh, what do you call it? Uh, his his talent and stuff is oh, really senpai? yeah yeah is really powerful. Is, is very overpowered. Uh, he does have a couple weaknesses though. Uh, first off, when he uh, when he transforms into uh, into any of the other talented, um, he shares their weakness. Um, but even worse, though, is that like not only does he share their weakness, but he also doesn't have the the, the training or the acclimation to that power that those people would have had. So, for instance, if he transformed into Michiru and used the the the, the licking like healing ability, um, he his he would probably be dead because <laughs> Michiru's uh the downside to Michiru's uh healing ability is that it shortens her lifespan yeah and if senpai did it uh he'd probably be dead <laughs> but <laughs> like, but but he but he's pretty smart oh this yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty smart, oh, i mean so. he has to be i mean he participated in the in the a battle royale yeah. the battle royale from five years ago and he won yeah. and it wasn't even and like even 
even the fact that like everybody turned on each other like in that school um apparently the apparently five years ago they also sent in a similar a similar non-talented person just like a talentless person just like nana uh, into the into the thing as well into the island as well and he even had a similar phone because yeah he jacks her phone he jacks her phone he he, he kind of studies it a little bit and promises to give her give her back just so long as he as well so long as she cooperates uh, which he does but at the cost of uh, basically her him knowing everything about Nana and why she's doing what she's doing which I guess in which is a good thing because we get to find out what's happening but of course, like the biggest, uh, the biggest plot twist. Uh oh. The biggest plot twist in the in the last part of the episode is the you fact that it. a murder happened. You can say it. Okay, this is basically Among Us. <laughs> okay, the reason why we didn't bring up the whole Among Us comparison before, and again to David's defense as to why, right, is the fact that we already knew who the imposter was. In a Nana, way. Basically, throughout the whole show. But it was it was more a uh, one person. Yeah, but this one is kind of more complicated because now somebody else is killing, is killing students, and she's not involved, so she doesn't even know why. And possibly speaking, she might even be framed for some for some of these murders that she didn't even commit. I mean, some of some she did, but yeah. <laughs> some of them won't be. And uh, not looking too great, because Kyoya's already kind of suspicious of her in the first place. So, yeah. So now it's now cool. e now it's every student yeah. knows that someone is killing. Yep. So, yeah, not looking too good at all. But, I really hate that teacher. Uh, yeah. Oh, come, come on. That teacher is like a... It don't that matter. That teacher's a nothing teacher. He don't count. <laughs> I mean, the fact... I mean, they when, give well, it... Whenever he comes out... He's useless. I mean, the fact that Kyoya is like trying to be like. Okay, I feel like I wanna... he's a teacher. <laughs> oh right, he Kyoya? takes more control. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I feel like anybody can be the better teacher than, than that <laughs> teacher. Let's be real here. But yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, now moving on, we're gonna be talking about Dragon Quest: Dyer's Adventure, Episode Ten, and um, yeah, Celebration. Celebration to be had, but of course, uh, Hadler and all of them aren't having it all that much. And, you know, for a good reason. Everybody's uh, everybody's not looking too happy because, of course, uh, Crocodile. Now, I thought Crocodile, like, straight up kicked the bucket, but I guess he didn't. He's actually in the kind of like a Dragon Ball Z-like healing chamber, which <laughs> he do doesn't look too good because I guess it says that he's going to have a 50% chance of surviving, which, I don't know. In my opinion, I think he will. They're probably going to bring him back. He's going to be a minor zombie. <laughs> That's my thoughts and opinions. Again, I haven't read up on the source material. I haven't watched the original anime. I don't know. That that wizard-looking dude is gonna experiment on him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, maybe because there's robots too, so maybe maybe we might see Mecha Crocodile or something. But again, I, I, this is just from a person that has no idea what the source material was or anything. So, so who knows? So we get introduced to all the baddies, huh? Yeah, we get introduced to uh, the uh, we get introduced to like um, Flame Azard. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we get introduced to uh, Mista something, uh, of course Hadler. Uh, we also get introduced to um, Hyunkel, which actually doesn't show up in the council himself, but he does show up in the episode. Uh, and also uh, like Jagger. The, the one that I like the most 
was the one that you you said uh it was Jotaro's voice or it felt like it was no Dio's my bad uh missed something uh like I said he looked cool on screen yeah he looked pretty cool like I like his ability like, I feel like he's gonna be a uh a, 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 he's gonna be a threat you think so now, yeah, I, you know what this whole this whole arc itself, this whole kind of like council of like these evil generals the remind evil. me of. They remind me of the four of the four kings from uh, from uh, Digimon in the final arc of the first uh, of the first season. I'm not sure if you've seen like did much of Digimon, but I did, but I hardly remember. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, this is a sh- this is an anime from our childhood from the '90s, but yeah, yeah it kind of reminds me of that, where it's like you have Puppetmon, you have uh, Pieromon, uh, Metal Seedramon, and uh, Machine Dramon. So you got those four, and like they were basically kind of like orchestrating the evil scheme to eliminate the Digidestins once and for all. So that's what it kind of reminded me of. So I feel like each one that we're getting is gonna gonna have their own turn they were just poking on die man because you sure yeah i know <laughs> but i mean okay so but this one so the last general that fought him was of course crocodile and then this one makes a lot of sense because it's actually uh-oh oh it's actually the white-haired swordsman that they meet in the halfway of this episode because you know with mystery which it, it was kind of obvious it was really obvious and thankfully Thankfully, Pop, our boy Pop, knew this. Yeah, he was questioning the whole it thing. Yes, so hard. Even though Die and uh, even though Die and Mom were like, "Hey, you know what's up?" He knows the ability. He knows the ability. He's Avan's Avan's uh, student. Yay! But yeah, thankfully, Pop uh, Pop knew knew what uh, what's up, and. Uh, Okay, so what's kind of funny was that, like, okay, so even though uh, Hyunka wasn't trying to hide his abilities, he he killed the skeletons first <laughs> to look like he helped him out, and then he brought out more skeletons. That was weird. So, okay, in hindsight, I guess it's to kind of throw us off. Oh, is he a good guy? Oh, maybe he might be a good guy. <laughs> He's off on student. Um, okay, I get that for us, uh, for us, the audience, but, like, in hindsight, that doesn't make sense. Why would you kill your own people just to bring more of them back and then attack ki- them? That was kind of sad, too, because they were uh, regular human soldiers, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's what they what they were. Because, like, again, this is... Uh, this the is previous the, that died? Yeah, because, again, when they, they said that when they invaded the kingdom of Popnika, it was supposed to be, like, fully... Like, apparently everybody died. Uh, maybe Leona too, but we don't know. Again, big, yeah, she, big quotes. She's somewhere else. Yeah, been a big air quotes. Uh, yeah, because our our baddie didn't say uh, she was not there. Yeah, I mean it would have been super messed up. I feel like if this was like a more uh, adult oriented uh, story, um, like I we, killed her. It would have been a, yeah, it would have been very tragic. I think uh, it would have it would have fit very well. I like this sword. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they even the and... even the story compliments them like, hey, you know, this guy's sword's uh, kind of dangerous. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see more of uh, of Hyung Kel in, uh, in the following episode. So can't wait for that. And uh, next, uh, but last but not least, anime is uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Sorcery Fight Episode Ten. And man, poor Junpei, poor Junpei. Like you feel bad for this guy. Like, okay, despite the fact that, like, obviously this is kind of playing off of the fact that, you know, will he, won't he be, you know, on the dark side or light side kind of thing? 
Like, you feel bad for him, and honestly, regardless of, like, what choice he makes... To me... Uh, I feel like you won't really feel... You can't really blame the guy. Yeah, all the, all the bad things was happening to him. Yeah. Like, you have this high school kid that's just trying to live his normal life, and literally everybody in the school, everybody that's bigger than him is trying to bully him. Either, like... Either harassing him, like, you know, basically false claims of him trying to, you know, sexually harassing a girl or whatever, feeding him feeding him cockroaches, uh, you know, putting out a cigarette on his forehead. Like, it's all messed up stuff. It is awful, awful stuff that they're doing to this kid. And so the one person that he sees, which is, this, which is uh, the curse, um, again, name on the screen, don't remember it right now. Um, he's <laughs> the Stitches to, guy. Yeah, the Stitches guy. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to basically justify that. Give like, his these ideals. People, yeah, his ideals. He's trying to spread the spread the knowledge that you know what life sucks. Life is just a simple cog in the machine that the world has, just I, like water. I thought it was dumb. Yeah, it was just super dumb. But it's trying to it's trying to sway him, not us, but it's him, that you know what the world doesn't need feelings, basically. <laughs> Yeah, and to me, man, I was like, he got him while he's down, and now he's, he's just bringing him, in, bringing him into it, you know? Oh yeah. So that's why I'm like, damn. Yeah, it's some, it's some hardcore stuff. Like it's, it's something that like, it's something that like you know again makes sense, makes sense if you're in his perspective, but obviously you don't want to because you know he's still impressionable. Maybe there might be. Like a couple things about him that's like it's not like Inca from from Fire Force I guess I should probably mention because because Fire, Fire Force's Inca was already kind of messed up as as it was so all she needed was just a little bit more of a push to just make her into a fully fledged bad guy because it wasn't really any kind of like intense argument that she was gonna be a good guy but with this one with Junpei it's kind of you, you can kind of tell that like again he's just he he just has a messed up life and he just needs the guidance and thankfully our boy our boy yuji <laughs> it was funny yeah our boy yuji is trying is uh basically carries out the plan and trying to get those curses over to him to kind of see if he reacts to it and thankfully it works in their in their favor and well, kind of yeah kind of i mean he lets it go accidentally but you know he catches it on time and uh, right before, right before the dude, right before Junpei was about to snap at his teacher for mentioning the fact that like these boys. I know. Had I thought he was going to do something, man. I thought he was going to do something too, but thankfully, uh, thankfully Yuji was able to come in to, to save the day. And that was hilarious. He, yes, and he read the situation that like yeah, those guys. Uh, they, I don't think they were your. I don't think that guy was your friend. I think you kind of hated him. Figure that out right. <laughs> I thought that was cool. I the, was... The, when he pulled his pants down and he ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was <laughs> that was funny. And I like how we kind of like came back on a lap. He ran, the, like, yeah. ran the block. I, I ran the block. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> it's like how how fast did you run? Yeah, and on the and the flip side, you also see Nanami try to fight off the, the that same curse. And man, that. That dude is messed up. Like he he tries to talk about like the the physiology of like a soul and like how you're able to shape a soul. Like if you shape the body, like the body itself does, dies. But if you shape a soul, oh that's a different story. Then the Dang. body, the the dude, the person can keep on living. 
but they're just messed up. They don't get their they don't get their original shape back. Like that is messed up. Yo. Like oh my goodness. But like, then, body but... horror is just something that's just not cool. But yeah, Nanami. Nanami, yeah. Nanami oh. puts in some work. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's at work. He's at work. But <laughs> he towards, mentioned it too. But towards the end of the episode, he he clock he's supposed to clock out of work, so he's forced to do overtime, which is not something he likes doing. So he's gonna have to get a little bit more serious. So. Oh, and then we we get to see a little bit when. Uh, he actually uh, sees the curse, yeah. the messed up curse. Oh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Help me. And then oh, that was... he grabs his thumb and then cleans the, the tear the off. Tear yeah. off the <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, man. he cares. He cares. He cares. He doesn't want to show it, but he cares. That was that was that was really nice to see. But yeah, this honestly, guy's awesome. yeah, legit. I cannot wait until the next episode. Like this, this and Attack on Titan for me are like the the, the top. Of Robbie. The Robbie thinks he's gonna die. I think so. Yeah, I think this might be Nanami's like last stand. I, I'm not, I don't want it to be because I feel like they, there's, there's so much more we can see out of him. But I'm used to seeing characters that are like really cool and like you get to see them for a little bit. Hajiki, the best example right there. I thought he was a cool character that we that we were introduced to. He died the same episode, but still, I thought he was cool. But. <sighs> Yeah, so um, we'll see. We'll see, I, man. We'll see. I, I'm, 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 I'm gonna keep my hopes up for keep, for you guys. For you guys. Keep them high. <laughs> All right, and now we're done with anime. We move on to the news. News. And uh, guess what, guys? King of Fighters 15. Uh, <laughs> a couple days ago, got a teaser trailer. And the logo. Uh, and the logo for the for it. I mean, you can see it on the screen. Uh, unless you're hearing the audio version, but uh, <laughs> we get character illustrations, yay! And uh, the three characters that we get uh, that we get shown off are, um, yeah, uh, Rob, Robbie's the bigger. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I played I played a lot more of the KOF games, KOS, so I'm yeah. uh, I'm a lot more uh, I guess I'm a lot more familiar. Yes. Um, but we see Kyo, Benimaru, and uh, Shune. Uh, two of which, I mean, are kind of a given, you know, Kyo and Benimaru. They're, they're, they're serious staples. They're, they've been in pretty much every single other, uh, they've been in pretty much every single KOF game up till now. Benimaru had a new makeup. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benimaru has a, yeah, Benimaru has a, has a, has a cool new design. Um, his hair doesn't, his hair kind of feels more like a, more like a Super Saiyan hair than it does with Polnareff now. <laughs> and he has like a floral kind of design, which looks really cool. And uh, Kyo has a, has a headband again. Yeah, and the sun. <laughs> and the and the oh, and then the and the sun jacket that he kind of had back in uh, back in uh, back in the older KOF games, back in the uh, the, um, the. He's kicking it old school. The Orochi, the Orochi saga, yeah. Well, it's kind of old school, but the thing is, it's not entirely old entirely. school. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a mishmash between uh, between Ness Saga Kyo and Orochi Saga Kyo, because Orochi Saga Kyo has the has the jacket. And you also have the headband, mm-hmm. but in uh, but the Nest Saga onward, uh, he has like a full jacket rather than like the torn up jacket with the with the with the t-shirt. Oh, okay. Because he had the he had the torn up jacket with the t-shirt before in the uh, in the in the older KO. Actually, no, but- no, no, not not the torn up jacket. He had the school uniform. He had the school uniform. This one is just a, this one's a jacket, but he had the school uniform originally, so he doesn't have that obviously because you know time and all that stuff. He, he doesn't go to school anymore. <laughs> He's but too you know, cool for school. Hey, but you know who does go to school, though? Our actual confirmed protagonist, 
upper 15, who's uh, Shune. Yeah, remember that one weird kid with the with the with the headphones and like the and like the emo haircut and like the bandages and all I that stuff. I think he looks pretty cool. He okay, so he looks cool in this concept art. I feel I think like they I think they might have tweaked his uh, his design a little bit, but man, he looked he looked kind of he looked like he was all over the place in fourteen. Oh, from really? what I remember, yeah. From what I remember, he was like, because he also had like multicolored hair too. Ah. Like he was emo, but he had like a whole bunch of like stuff popping out with his design. Like it was, it was insane with what he had. Um, oh, and then we also, and then besides those three characters, uh, we also get, uh, we also get like glimpses, images of like Leona and K and K Dash, which you know, of course, also makes sense because K Dash and Leona are like again staples at this point. Um, but yeah, back to Shune though. Uh, yeah, he's a confirmed protagonist of uh, a 15, uh, which makes a lot of sense because he kind of had that, uh, you know, protagonist aesthetic to him in 14. But again, nothing was confirmed with 14. Pretty much everybody so it, was kind of their own. It's character. like a sequel. I mean, yeah. It's I mean, uh, story-wise, I think yeah, 15 is a sequel to 14 in a sense. Yeah. Uh, to the story of it anyway yeah and uh yeah again cannot i'm so glad that we finally get some new info regarding 15 and you know again the logo we got the we got the confirmed like you know character illustrations and trailers and we're gonna and stuff. get more and we're gonna get more yeah like so we're just, uh, the ball is finally rolling with like getting more and more info for this game so i cannot wait super yeah. excited we're gonna get more uh for characters and stuff like yep. that so we gotta stay tuned Stay tuned. All right, and I guess our uh, yes, our yeah, next our highlight, biggest highlight of news of uh, of the two is uh, Princess Connect is finally getting a, uh, a worldwide release. Uh, the app game is getting a worldwide release, which is which actually works great because uh, uh, several episodes ago we talked about Princess Connect, the anime. Uh, getting a uh, getting a second season, so again the, the more more goodness to come. We're getting the we're getting the actual game, guys. It's not just Japan only. Uh, and the best part is is that pre registrations are already available for the game. So if you guys are interested and you know if you guys are big fans of the anime like us, uh, definitely uh, definitely give this a shot. Um, me personally, I've I think I might have mentioned it here before, but I'm not too big onto mobile games and uh, gotcha either for the most part. So you know what, this one might be it for me. I might actually I'm actually really interested in trying this out, especially you know with how fantastic the 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 anime was. Like I don't know, like this one might be it for me. <laughs> to me, I could finally read it. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you already have an account on the JP servers, but yep. yeah. Yeah, we and then yeah again like with the with the story again being out in English and stuff, we'll be able to us U.S. players are finally gonna be able to experience the story. Yes, we can. I can't wait, man. Yeah, so so pumped. I know. Same here. <laughs> I gotta wait. do everything. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> no, I'll still I'll still be playing on the Japanese. Oh since yeah, because you have you, yeah your characters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for I, sure. I get to work with the characters now for <laughs> yeah. once. Yeah. And abilities and everything. Finally. Yep. I struggle. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it for this one. I'm so, so excited for it. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, and that's uh, and and that's it uh, for um for 
video games. That's it for video game news. Now we move on to anime news. Uh, New York Times. So this is gonna we're gonna keep this uh, pretty brief because uh, this is just something that stood out to us. Yeah. But New York Times has listed uh, has listed Keep Your Hands Off Azuken as 2020's best shows. One of 2020's best shows. And, and it's not just the anime, just like just TV series in general. That's yeah. a huge, huge deal because my God, Azuken was an awesome, fantastic show. Yeah, we and we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk. We didn't get to talk about we didn't it because get to. We, we okay. So we have this. We have talked about it in like briefly with our with our pilot episode, which you guys could check out. Uh, it's, it's up on our channel and everything. Um, but this was, of course, before we officially kickstarted our, our channel, before we started uh, doing videos and stuff. And Azoken was was a top-tier show, show for us. Um, it's honestly in the running for one of our favorites animes. Oh, yeah. Of, of for, season, for me, it's one of my of top ten, for sure. Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. Maybe five. Yeah. I think five. I know. We're going to be, yeah, eventually, well, once the year's over, we're going to be giving our, our opinion on, like, what our what our favorite shows for From this year is. This year, but, yeah. hey, the fact that New York Times, you know, kind of has our same opinion, it, uh, you know, hats off. <laughs> yeah. we, Kudos, we, New York Times. We really enjoyed this show. Yes, we did. And, hey, the fact that, like, this is listed on here gives us an excuse to talk about it more. So, that <laughs> yes. I'm happy about that. <laughs> I always like talking about it. Absolutely. All right. All right, and now with that, uh, with that, we're done. Uh, again, let us know what you guys thought of our new format. Um, again, comment below to let us know. And with that, my name is Robbie, and this is David. And we'll see you guys next week. Again, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Subscribe. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye.